0: Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony, and that's Conrad. Hello! Hello! Well, Conrad. That's him. I mean, that's him. Well, Conrad, how are you? You can't deviate from the script like
0: this. I can't operate under these kind of conditions. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. I watched a very good movie today. One of my favourites, in fact, for the last five years. I'm not going to get into it now, but uh, but that's put me put a bit of was a rewatch. Was it It a rewatch? It was a rewatch.
1: Yeah, and it's put a put a spring in my step. Uh, It set me up well for the rest of the day. What about you? interesting I haven't seen cloudy with a chance of meatballs too but I'm looking forward to it uh I've never seen no. the first one to be honest I've never seen I've never seen either it's of one of those ones I've seen bits of the first one but uh but yeah I'm doing well doing very very well um midterm next week which basically means for me my life stays the same except I don't have to be on the computer all day during the day excellent um because I'm not teaching all day during the day but uh but yeah looking forward to that a little bit of time off a little bit of time off um all right the OA yeah that's a TV
0: series and we're here that's-
1: to watch it yeah, we're thinking about covering it, but uh, right, okay, so uh, what I was going to do before we get into it, uh, I'm going to cover, uh, ask a couple of, I'll talk about a few things that I noticed from one, watching it again, and two, from the comments last week. Before I do that, subscribe on the Culture Cave, subscribe on audio App, send us an email, adpodmail at gmail.com, as well as that, yeah, I think that's all I have. There's been a few donations as well, which we're very, very thankful for. Yeah, uh, I'm going you. to be thanking those people by name at the very end. Uh, of the podcast so thank you very much if that's one of you um, I will be thanking you at the end Uh, so before we get into that though leave a comment as well if you want to ask Conrad a question for next week Conrad first of all there's two things I want to talk about someone on the comments from last week's video which I can't remember who they were now I apologize but uh, I'm sure people can go look at those those comments and see they pointed out a possible way in which we were very ignorant last week oh I
0: mean there's multiple ways that I'm ignorant at any given time, to be honest. So I'm, I'm sure this is true. So we,
1: yeah, okay, exactly. So we had a, we had a conversation about the word abuela, right? Yeah. And we were talking about mm-hmm. how that means uh, in Spanish grandmother. Right? Yes. And we were talking about how the coach said you'd make your abuela very proud. Yeah. Well, this person pointed out Now I, I, I really hesitate to say this cause we, I look, I especially look like an absolute fool here. Um, do you notice something about uh, French's mother? Uh, it do- we don't really have any evidence whatsoever that French is from a Spanish slash Mexican heritage. His mother,
0: um, yeah. His I thought he was. He might have been from like the Philippines or something. Yeah. So-
1: yeah, exactly. that's what the commenter pointed out, um, yeah. and the, so therefore the use of the word "abuela" is pointing out the coach's racial ignorance.
0: Oh, okay, I mean, so well, that's <laughs> that, that's entirely a possibility. I had considered. Uh, listen, how ye have little faith, listeners, right? <laughs> Going on in old Conrad's head, I'd already th- I, the cults were already turned on that. I was like, okay, she looks like she's probably from the Philippines or or you know some somewhere that has like a, a relationship with America where people like you know are more kind of like Southeast Asian looking. Um, so and the cogs in my head were telling be like, okay, well maybe it's a paternal grandmother or something like that. And it was, yeah. a, you know, it was, a, it was a, it was a, mixed relationship. So it's not just me thinking, you know, that, oh, they're, they're definitely Hispanic because some random coach says it. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think we are, we are doing a lot of mental gymnastics to try <laughs> yeah, and to justify why excuse this. Excuse the
0: racism like, of that. Yeah. Uh, a middle-aged college middle-aged
1: white man, male coach I don't think we really need to be on his side there. If he, no. you know, if he's, if he's, if he, I'm not gonna like you know decry racism here, not at all. But I'm just saying, it's interesting that both of us. Although, well, no, well, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you know, put it out there. That's why I said it was mostly me. I, I didn't at all think of that. I was just like, yeah, okay, uh, <laughs> abuela, let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's.
0: I I think we've exposed our privilege.
1: Yeah,
0: quite quite horrifically there. And chosen an odd hill to die on by defending the uh, the the white racist, presumably middle-aged football coach. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, I didn't choose that hill, Connor. That was all you. Anyway, Listen, so
0: like the, the, the check the tape last 30 seconds. <laughs> Anthony James defends racist.
1: Oh jeez! Oh god! Cancel him. Don't right cancel. yeah you got canceled in the in the dark season maybe it's my <laughs> yeah. maybe it's my turn even though I don't agree with this canceling but still uh, okay so uh second thing I want to talk about is I noticed watching this episode and I don't know why I never even I was never even thinking about because I think I'm just so engrossed in the show but after they showed the opening credits in episode one after like 56 minutes or whatever it was yeah they haven't every episode you watch actually they are really committing to the long- form film style because they haven't actually put it they've got no opening credits for this show. No. There's no title sequence. Uh,
0: they seem to the move I mean yeah, they seem to move it around as well. So like uh when we'll get into it. And in this week's episode, it's I I don't maybe that this happened in the second episode and I just missed it. But this week's episode, it's just like bang, title card, done. And then and then yeah. it's and then it's over. I don't remember if they did that in the second episode or not, or if the title if there even was a title card, but they're certainly eking out as much space for actual stuff in their episode as they possibly can like there's no as you say there's no credit sequences there's very little you know time for title cards or anything like that
1: yeah and like there's a lot of shows in the last sort of five years say 10 years where people talk about it's like a long film you know think about stranger things and stuff you know because they have like literally it's like a sequel in the original you know but this properly is committing to that in my opinion like this is what the first show i've actually watched where like actually this is just like a long continuous story, like you just get thrown into the next one. I mean, there is structure to the episodes as we discussed before. Like, how ha- you have the the story, the boys, the story. You have you sort of have that going on as well. Yeah. But but they are committing to the long form, uh, movie type thing. Yeah,
0: anyway. and I mean you know, those structural elements exist in films as well. So then then that like that kind of. Uh, consistently returning to a storyteller in the present uh, story structure is not something that's that's exclusively the domain of of television, um, and and I think that there is definitely something to that. I think uh, I don't think it's necessarily exclusively the OA either. I think uh, television in general has moved away from the like uh, the, uh, the, like the television in like the eighties and nineties and even the early two thousands, uh, with the exception of some of the HBO stuff. A lot of it feels very cheesy now because it's still it fits into those things that, that television has gotten away from, you know, like freeze yeah. frames at the end of episodes and credits rolling over a freeze frame. Like you would literally never see that in a television show that wasn't doing it to take the piss out of out of that kind of thing. Now, like Wonder <laughs> or something like that. Like imagine if the OA ended like this episode ends with like Prairie getting bashed on the back of the head and it freeze frames with her head like oh, and then <laughs> and then like <laughs> yeah. credits roll. Special thanks to these characters. <laughs> yeah, that like,
1: would be that would, that would be good. Uh, it
0: would be. I mean, I would love that if it did. It, but it would it would strike a different tone let's say that 100 oh, um, yeah, so yeah it, this is this is prestige television is what this is
1: yeah it is it is um and uh yeah so let's let's get into prestige television then into the <laughs> breakdown conrad yeah let's do it oh
0: let's break it down
1: all right so this week's episode opens in a big box store um i was thinking last week i was, last week they were in the in the no in the first episode they were in like a shopping center like this and i was like shopping center i don't know what to call it let's call it a big box store um yep that's I've what got, it is I've, I've got i've got the terminology conrad um so like as department
0: store is that the word you were looking at the, the phrase you were looking for
1: yeah but it's more than it's like it's a big warehouse you know it's a big it's it is a department store yes it is that is what i was searching for but that's what they were in the first one, but I think this one's very much like a big box sort of thing, you know. Yeah, where... It's like an Argos, is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like an Argos warehouse out the back. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it's a big box store. Uh, I've had a reporter called Patricia Nola comes <clears> up <throat> to uh, to Nancy Prairie's, Prairie's mom, Nancy, yeah, Nance, yeah. and uh, says, you know, I've covered a different boy called Jamie Price. I would love to um, spend some time with the family and write a book for for Prairie. You'll need the money.
0: Yeah, I I, I think. This reporter gets she's not that prominent in this episode she gets a couple of scenes and she seems relatively well intentioned or at least she seems quite honest that her intentions are to make both herself and uh, and the i forgot have we, have we found out these this family surname yet Johnson. John, uh, yeah that's it johnson yeah um <clears throat> make both herself and the johnsons a lot of money so she is at least honest about you know her capitalistic tendencies here but um her insistence when nancy was clearly uncomfortable it made me feel a bit uncomfortable as well it's like just read the read the room please stop being so pushy yeah,
1: it really felt to me like you know she she was so close to getting the family in you know, yeah. that she couldn't let it go at that point, uh, she's yeah, so she obviously is putting on a face for a certain yeah. thing also the, the thing she was at the dinner what she, she was explaining to Prairie I was like, you know, you're being a bit brash with this. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little
0: presumptuous as well to be like, I think I gave this boy closure, it's a bit like mm, okay, like that feels like you're kind of, you're lending your work a sense of importance that, that perhaps it doesn't deserve and you're kind of puffing yourself up a bit here um, and also a key point to mention at this point is never ever trust an author who carries around copies of their own books. Like yeah. that is, like that is, that is red flag numero uno for for all
1: of this. I think um, it, it's very interesting to me because uh, it's sort of it feels to me like this is like the the beginning of them letting the outside world in. Like yeah. this 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 character coming in is like obviously they feel like it's under their control, but uh, but it's sort of how pernicious and how sort of. Like a trap, the outside world is going to be to Prairie because we. The only time we've ever seen her in outside world is when she's going off and doing stuff with the boys or Steve, and and apart from that, like we didn't really see her. This is the first time we've actually seen her doing anything with Nancy outside of the house, really. Yeah. Except for that walk that they took. So. um, Well, I mean, I guess.
0: App as well you know like it's uh, i think of what we get the sense and, and
1: what the stuff with Hap, You mean
0: yeah like so yeah. so i mean the sense i'm getting from prairie is that she's you know this very innocent character who is essentially just continuously getting chewed up and spat out by the world at large yeah. which is probably why why abel and nancy are so protective of her or partially why anyway
1: yeah um so what do you think about the fact that she was reminded by her- that, Reminded the Homer with the sweatshirt.
0: The, I I can't tell if this is a joke or not, but like her sort of longingly saying Homer as she looks down at a sweatshirt, Homer. and like and it being like this really nice kind of like shot and reverse shot of her and Nancy like standing opposite each other. It's really really like kind of artistically presented, and then she picks up and puts on the sweatshirt, and it's got this massive wolf on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like okay what is homer gonna be like <laughs> like the, the things that we've learned about homer so far that he's like a college football player and apparently like big wolf hoodies remind prairie <laughs> of him so i mean i know we, we meet him in this episode but
1: it can come us... across like a wolf to you
0: mm, he mm, i'm not sure <laughs> like he came he comes across like a bit of a weirdo but then they're all weirdos so like that's... What?
1: he's been in that he's been in there for a year like that is he's true be...
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he's he doesn't know what's cool team. anymore um yeah. But yeah, it did make me laugh. Like her kind of like this really like potentially emotional high note, and she puts the hoodie on. It's just like something that Napoleon Dynamite would wear. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, so the dinner uh, with Nola comes to an end uh, because uh, Prairie's like, well, his story has an end. Yeah, but mine is only just beginning. Um,
0: yeah, so so I I interpreted that to mean both. Um, that from Prairie's point of view, and from the the filmmakers' point of view, or the the, the showrunner's point of view, that this is them hinting that there is more to <clears throat> more to come, more or more dynamic stuff to come from the present. That yeah. we're going to get to a point in this series, I assume it's in this series. Maybe it'll go through into the second season. But um, we're we're going to to get to a point where Prairie's story reaches the present day, and then the story continues from there. So I I think. I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing what happens there. And I feel like this is the show sign posting, but that is going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I read it the same way the first time I saw it too. Um, so Prairie continues her story. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Prairie. Had, like the, the, the way the writers do this, um, they have a really good way of, of having a really cool line uh, and a really deep line to get you back into her story. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah. the line this time was the first time you wake up in captivity you think that you're free, yeah. Um, and I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, so that the, it's, um, yeah
0: the, 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 the you lose your freedom many times before you finally believe it is um, as yeah. a really nice kind of poetry to to mm-hmm. to, to the, that dialogue from Homer.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's was lovely. Um, so they, it's revealed now what it actually looks like this room. Yeah. Um, I kind of gave you a hint last week saying that there was two voices, but that wasn't a spoiler because in the uh, in the English subtitles that I had on because I have a crazy two-year-old who's screaming um he uh, uh it said that there were two different voices but if you didn't want to read it in the subtitles you wouldn't have known that yeah um so there's pallets that are making her sick to her stomach they're yeah. in they're sort of in this glass pallets. They're, they're just it. chicken
0: nuggets yeah see, like, i've seen mcnuggets
1: before that's what that is <laughs> chicken nuggets yeah so they're, they're in um they're in this like sort of plexiglass Hexagon. It's like pentagon. an asterisk kind of yeah, shape like, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, they're all of their own little thing and they've like a little river running through where they sort of wash themselves in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think about the setup of the of, of the lab? Um
0: I mean I think it's th- I think this is this is an episode of kind of presentational dichotomies, I think, because there are elements both of the relationship between Hap and Prairie that are almost touching but they're really, really cleverly juxtaposed against the, the the kind of horrific reality of their relationship, which is that he has kidnapped her and is essentially abusing her for a, a scientific experiment. And I feel like that dichotomy is kind of captured in the presentation of this lab, where it feels like care has gone into preserving the well-being of these people to a certain extent. So they have plants in their um, in, in their um, their cells. They have this kind of babbling brook that runs through which is you know it's not it, it's not purely perfunctory you know they could have a tap or something you know that, that serve the same purpose but for whatever reason they have this stream instead there's a certain kind of artistry to it which I feel like speaks quite poignantly to Hap's character where he, he doesn't he doesn't want to view himself as a villain he doesn't want to view himself as a bad guy and I feel like these little concessions that he's made in the design of this lab Allow him to continue to see himself as someone who is serving, uh, serving a greater good, and doing so in the most uh, the most sensitive way that he possibly can. Um, but so I thought I think it's a really interesting setup for that reason.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting as well uh, to add to that as well the fact that he's got like the glass sides, meaning that they can actually see and talk to each other. Yeah. Well, um, he's think-
0: he's probably cleaning the windows at the start of this scene, which I was like, come on. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, that's unnecessary. <laughs> like, just waking everyone up in the morning with the bloody squeegee on the, like,
1: on the, on, yeah. on the window. It's got to keep it sterile. It's a science experiment. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true, yeah. But there's a bit of, je- there's almost there's almost a little bit of jealousy going on, or even just shock from some of the other inmates, uh, because Hap offers to get her, get her prairie and braille books. Yeah. Uh, she says she's going to lose her mind down there. He, she says they need sunlight. Um, The others aren't blind, so they don't need it like I do. Um, so, what do you think about that sort of? And then eventually, obviously, she does go up. So yeah. there's a there's a few characters who will sort of like hang on, what's going on here? I, I so I think I think part of it, to be honest, is a sexual
0: attraction. I think they're like uh, I, I think I mentioned it briefly in the last episode, but and I think I'm kind of joked about it to be honest. But but hat feeding prairie oysters like that's an aphrodisiac it's a very it's a very kind of sexual food i guess and in in some uh in some people's views and uh, i think there is and and like in this episode as well there's a lot of like close shots of hands touching when when they are upstairs so i think there is there there is a sexual element to their relationship i don't necessarily think prairie reciprocates it but from hap's point of view he definitely finds her attractive um and then i think also there is the the vulnerability of her being blind um, that he can't escape from. So he he to, again to, to kind of justify this to his own um, to his self. He has to be more um, give like give her more rope essentially and allow her more freedoms in order to make himself feel better about this. So I think it's purely it's purely selfish and uh, selfish and self serving why he does this. But it's and I I kind of understand why the others particularly. Well, I guess all of them have been there for a while. We don't actually find out how long um, is it. Is Rachel and Scott the other two? I think. Yeah. Uh, how long they've been there for? But I mean, Rachel was there with a girl who, and um, this has gone in the theory matrix, uh, a girl called August, who I'm assuming was probably her sister because Rachel is screaming about how August needs her um, when when Prairie first wakes up. Um, I'm assuming they've been there for a while, um, given given like. You know the the fact they all have a routine, um, so I can certainly see why they would be bitter about Prairie turning up and and mm-hmm. getting to make herself sandwiches.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she well, yeah, she they didn't know about the sandwiches yet. Um, and I will say that no. uh, when we do get to that point, uh, Sarah was was quite selfless there. But um, mm. so yeah, so Rachel wakes up and says, "Where is August? She needs me enough." Uh, and then sort of, I think Homer goes, "Enough, you know, she, you know, he's up, he's taking her upstairs." Yeah. Um, uh, which is which is interesting. We do find out later on what happens to Rachel. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also another nice line that says nothing's more isolating than uh, not being able to feel time. Um, and then Prairie sort of, I, I gauged what sort of seems to be her morning routine. She wakes up in the morning and she tells herself, I'm going to get out of here. Um, well, she tells
0: herself she's alive first. I'm
1: alive first of all, yeah. Yeah,
0: which which I feel I feel like they do a really good job of of communicating how her blindness is impacting uh, or exacerbating her isolation here. That you know, if she wakes up. And all she can see is darkness and she just has these walls around her. I, I feel like it would be very easy to start going insane in that kind of situation. Yeah. So as you say, she has this mantra in the morning where she's like, I am alive. I'm going to get out of here. I'm not already dead. Yeah. Um, and then I th- does she she goes and like drinks water after that. I can't actually remember. What the rest yeah. Of she goes and is.
1: drinks water, but they're all washed up in the water yeah. at the same <laughs> so time. And then we get like Scott or I, I like to call him Seth Rollins. Um, yeah. He, he who's a wrestler. For anyone who doesn't watch wrestling, he looks exactly like Scott. Yeah, Google Seth Rollins. Uh, he has, he CrossFit, has the same CrossFit Jesus,
0: same dickish personality as Seth Rollins, from what I've seen of this as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah. So she gets a bit of crap from uh, Seth Rollins or Scott, um, for drinking the water. I mean, I think Prairie was the one punished most by it. Uh. Although she yeah. did throw up. She threw up in it yeah, after. Yeah. She, let's did, be she did
0: throw up in it. That's true. But I mean, it's like she. They know she's blind. Like so. <laughs> They could have. Someone could have said, "Don't drink the water." I guess maybe Homer does start warning her as she's doing it. I think, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Scott. Scott is on my bad list. I'll say that much for this episode.
1: Scott would have wanted her to drink it so that oh, yeah. he could complain at her for drinking yeah, it. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's...
0: He was relishing the opportunity to talk down to someone.
1: Exactly. Uh, okay, so Hap takes her upstairs, um, much to the surprise of everyone else. Yeah. Uh, she gets the sun, but then oh. in a really interesting moment um she she turns around gets the knife I think we all sort of had a feeling what we wanted her to do with the knife as yeah. soon as she got it yeah um and this sort of whole scene where she gets the knife and she starts making a sandwich and she makes him sa- a sandwich um the amount of tension that was built in the scene I I absolutely loved it and it's it, that tension that's built in this scenario with happened Prairie is something that will come back in this episode again later on but it also comes back time and time again and I'm really looking forward to hearing your uh Response to that as we move forward. But what did you think about this tense scene where she's making him a, a sandwich? So I I I didn't find this initial one too tense
0: because mm. I felt like the tension it could have been tense, but I felt like they deliberately immediately diffuse it by having her grabbing it and going back to making a sandwich. Like so, like yeah, her hand brushes up against the the butcher's knife. Which by the way, why is he making sandwiches with a butcher's knife? Like use a use a bread slicer. Like. <laughs> needs a needs a, a female touch around the house clearly because he doesn't know what he's doing um but but the hand brushes up against the knife but then she picks up the bread and just sniffs it um and and I feel like that is a like kind of immediately diffused the attention like she, the fact that she has gone to the bread first before the knife to me says a lot about prairie's nature and yeah. and, a, and a lot about her character that she will very rarely if ever stray from her nature which is to be if not a good person true to her kind of peaceful uh, her, her, her like peace, uh, peaceful peaceful uh, nature um but there is definitely a tension there is definitely a tension in this scene although it's dissipated quickly i felt like the tension between these two really comes back uh, later in the episode when it, 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 it we'll talk about it more a bit later but it reminded me of um of the movie misery um i don't mm. know if you've ever seen that but that mm-hmm. that kind of captive who's collecting drugs to try and to try and drug their um drug their captor that's really really brilliantly done in this episode but i yeah. I, I do also feel actually, with prairie the thing that i can't really get a read on which is a testimony to how well acted i i I will say rather than well written because she's not saying much well acted the the character is that i do get the sense that maybe she's deliberately manipulating hap as well like maybe there is an element of her that's like well i'm not going i i'm blind i'm not going to overpower or kill i'm very unlikely to kill this guy with a knife so i'm going to kill him with kindness instead Um, I do feel like the sort of cogs are turning and there are active choices being made here rather than her just being like, I'm a nice person. I'm going to do nice things and hope the best happens. Uh, So I'll be interested. Yeah,
1: I have got written in my notes here that Prairie seems to be playing 4D chess while the rest of them want want her to play checkers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think she's a lot smarter than she's initially presented here. Um, Or... or, Uh, smarter than you could potentially read her as being from doing this um so i'm interested to see how they develop that
1: yeah okay cool um yeah so in terms of that like for me this this scene did have a bit more tension than you had but i think that's because you sort of maybe the connection between you and the character of prairie you sort of you took it as like okay she's not like that it's gonna be fine you know for me it was all about the foreboding hap just staring at her Mm. and even like the score during that scene was a really prominent heartbeat obviously yes, prairie's yeah. fear of how this is going to be perceived and then as soon as he took the bite that that stopped dead that score and i and i viewed that moment when he took the bite as a release of tension for me personally yeah, i didn't I think i yeah I, like i didn't think necessarily that he, she was in risk of being killed there or something but uh but you know it wasn't that tense you know what i mean but um but but there was a slight amount of tension there this sort of alluding to what we'll see later um so she gets taken it uh, she gets taken down all the, She says uh, she doesn't want to have a slice of uh, the sandwich because the other ones don't get it either. So then he says, make them all sandwiches. I don't care. And I thought to myself when he said that, I was like, really, Hunter? Really? You don't care? Because you've got four people in the basement and you're feeding them pallets every day. You really seem like you care. Well, and I
0: think, again, this goes back to this really brilliant characterization of Hap where it's like, he is doing monstrous things, but he... I don't think he could... I, I think this is true of most of most of the best villains. They have to see themselves as good people in yeah. order to sleep at night, basically. He's not a moustache-twirling, Machiavellian bad guy who just wants to hurt people. He thinks what he's doing is the right thing. I'm interested to see why um, he he's so convinced of that. And I feel like this is part of that, that he... he he's not going to like if someone suggests oh we should make them sandwiches to make them comfortable he's not going to oppose it because you know he he doesn't want to be monstrous to these people he wants to be kind to them but at the same time he has this this um almost like psychopathic ability to shut himself off from empathy and just say well it's fine you know these food pellets have every nutritional element that these people need to survive that's I'm am doing the right thing. Yeah. And what else can I do? Yeah, exactly. There's nothing more I could possibly do to make these people yeah. feel comfortable. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's this it's this brilliant um, characterization of this of this villainous character.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, and then he takes uh, she takes the sandwiches down. Um, Hap makes them show her some gratitude. And yeah. then uh, Scott goes, Well, why'd you have to fuck it up with Buster? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, like Steve
0: remains on the top of my shit list on this episode because he does a couple of really shitty things, but Scott is racing up the charts after <laughs> after him. You know, he is, he rapidly ascended that list. Um, so it's going to be a battle of it when, the, when those two really like get some screen time, it's going to be a clash of the Titans, clash of the shitty Titans to see who's right. the worst character.
1: Yeah, uh it's going to be great. Uh so uh Homer whenever she gets back Homer's like um now I will say he came across as a little ignorant to what blind people are cuz he was like hey you. Yeah, <laughs> me, yeah, me! yeah. Like yelling at her. She's but like I'm blind. I'm not deaf, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah she he... goes, Sorry, she goes so she goes over he gives her the whole story about his um NDE story mm. uh and like sort of no, sort of the NDA study that Hap was wanting him to partake in to get $500. He wanted it to show his baby mama that, uh, that he can provide um, yeah. as like a sort of a token of his, of his ability to do that. Um, didn't go very well. He got taken away by Hap, of course. Uh, and here he is now. And, so what do, you, what do you think about his story first of all?
0: He, he didn't actually say what happened, did he? But I, I believe August, August—that's her name, right That is the only one of this of this group who tells us what her NDE actually was. Is that
1: no? Rachel, August is the one that's dead.
0: Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Rachel is the only one who tells um, <clears throat> who tells us what actually happened to her. I don't believe Homer said yeah, it. He doesn't.
1: We no, we know that his has something to do with a football accident from whenever yeah. she was received. Oh no!
0: Yeah, we saw it on the news, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Like on the YouTube. On or the whatever. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I think it's it's a, again like interesting characterization here, particularly as a kind of as what is essentially an introduction to the character or our first real introduction to the character. That even in this situation. Their focus is on sending five hundred dollars back to their family. Obviously, he has ulterior motives. He wants to, you know, get word out to um, to uh, get them saved. But th- there is still this focus in his mind of sending money home yeah. um, to lo- pr- prove that he can look after his child. Um, and also, the fact that he knows it's a boy seems interesting as well.
1: Um, yeah, that's, that is interesting to me because because whenever. Because she was only two months pregnant, his partner, at the time. And yeah. uh, whenever whenever uh, Prairie said, well, couldn't it be a girl? He was probably like, did you not hear what I said? Are you yeah. not listening to me? <laughs> yeah. He... And I was like, ooh, I can see why you see a bit of uh, Homer and Steve there, Prairie.
0: Yeah, there, 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 is, um, there are interesting swings with Homer's character in this episode. Because he goes from being like, is, you're coming on a bit strong here, Homer, um, to someone who is very kind of emotionally attentive and mm. and caring later in the episode. It was, it was very interesting for him. Um, yeah,
1: I think it's because as well, like he, he didn't want to let someone in quickly you know it took a while and once he saw that I think Prairie was pure or pure of heart or like actually genuine a genuine person he was he came and warmed to her you know what I mean
0: yeah no I think that's right Um, but yeah I I really like how they diffuse the uh, or well uh, diffuse is probably the wrong word how they ignite the uh, this uh, emotional moment by uh, well with the end of this scene where they start pumping gas into the uh, into the chamber Mm -hmm. which may have got proved one of my theories wrong
1: what was one of your theories?
0: So I thought, like when Prairie is locked away at the end of the second episode, she remarked yep. on the floor being wet, and I thought that they were going to fill them with um, fill them with water or something to uh, partially drown them to trigger the NDE. But um, obviously, gas is a, a far simpler way of doing it.
1: All right, so that so you put that in into your theory matrix with a lot of detail. I remember we were having that discussion last <laughs> week. <laughs>
0: Listen. You can't, you can. And I, I can't ask the leopard to change its spots, all right? <laughs> this, is, this, is how,
1: this is what I do, <laughs> all right? No bother. Um, okay, yeah, so that happened. Um, I will just say, who would have thought after the first episode that the one character who is the best at predicting things and knew her son the most was Steve's mum? Because let me tell you, it got sexual,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it didn't get sexual in the direction that she was implying it was going to get um you
1: know I mean, steve once oh, again yes, it, um, went, it was the, the opposite direction yeah
0: steve categorically misreading a situation and but just, if, if
1: if steve's mom had a theory matrix conrad we'd give her a we'd give her a point for that you,
0: you know the bit in um this is going to be a detour, and I apologize to the listeners now. But you know the bit, and it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they're trying to get Charlie a date because the waitress is sli- sleeping with someone else. Yeah, and um, well, which episode? that's that's
1: hundred episodes. Well, yeah. they ta-
0: they take him to a restaurant, and Mac plays like the owner of the restaurant, and Dennis plays the owner, and they and they ba- it goes so badly wrong, and they like say, "I'll just make a move," and he kind of like grabs at her, and then they grate oh, him, and say, "We didn't mean just stab at her breasts." That's what <laughs> this feels like from Steve here, just yeah. like. What are you like in what universe was this move going to work on this woman who was like 10 years older than you and clearly not interested in you?
1: Um, and she's just got out of like a, a, a like a basically like a home prisoner situation, yeah. Like, just and I, and I think uh, to be honest, like I joke about it,
0: I think it's quite a realistic that uh, this episode was full of them actually. For, for a series where in the first couple of episodes, I was like, there's some iffy character work here. I don't know if I believe all of the characterization in these first two episodes. This one, I felt like there was a lot of good done. So, Steve is this character who is so, like, he, he builds himself up based on his sexual prowess and his sexual exploits a lot you know and 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 he's clearly this character who d- just can't fathom a woman who wouldn't be sexually interested in him because that's how he defines himself um or part at least partially uh, a significant part of his personality is, is based on how he defines himself sexually mm-hmm. and i think this is a great example of that that like he's he's so caught, wrapped up in his own idea of his his sexual prowess and his sexual attractiveness that he 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 can't read the signals from someone who isn't interested in him at all, and he's like, "Well, I just I'm just going to grab at you, and that'll initiate the whole situation because uh, you know the, it, it's it has to go that way because how could you not find me attractive?" Um, and then he gets really pissed off when it doesn't go his way.
1: Yeah, uh, he gets very pissed off, mm. uh, and he's upset, and he goes downstairs, and French says, "What did you do to her?" And then Steve says, "I'm not a pedophile." Uh, <laughs> uh okay i'm glad uh, french
0: called him on that uh, just yeah, like yeah, what, what he are you about? talking about you moron <laughs> like, like...
1: <laughs> maybe it's like maybe it's an allusion to prairie being in like an infantile state at this time in this, this story um i think that's a pretty harsh way to make a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a, a you know a, a wider symbolic point but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i don't think you're giving steve an awful lot of credit <laughs> oh, yeah, it wouldn't be steve's doing like yeah. they sacrifice steve for that for that bit of symbolism but yeah. uh yeah, so they have a fight. Um, you know, these two are these two are all, always at each other's throat. So they have, they have a little fight, um, which which does get pointed out later on. Do you want a sweet memento to remind you of all those good times you've had listening to the After Dark podcast? Well, how about pick up a T-shirt with the brand new design by my wife Emma. It depicts Conrad and I going into the cave. What will we get up to next? Link in the description. Yep. Yeah, uh, so BBA uh chugging a can of monster you know, chugging a monster
0: work. before school i'm sure there's teachers around the world who are like yep i can i can i can empathize with that i need to get i some mean I've done, I've done it before
1: i've done it before as i told you I don't, I don't take fizzy drinks anymore um uh, but i have definitely in my both two or three years ago maybe i had a wee monster before school just to psych myself up yeah you know? just to
0: get yourself get the get the juices flowing
1: yeah, uh, I just—it's just, so, so interesting. And then Rod, uh, her is is sort of Rod Spence calling on behalf of her brother's estate. Yeah. Um. So we find out that her her brother has passed away. Yeah. And then we have a really, really lovely moment. Now, I will say, I'm not a fan of people holding on to. So, like for example, right afterlife, Ricky Gervais. I'm not a fan of the fact that he's, he's he he him watching videos of his dead wife shows that he can't move on. Yeah. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I disagreed in, in this stage though. Uh, so she's got a, a message from her brother on her phone say, Hey, Otto, the- Hey Otto, it's Otta. It's Theo. Uh, yeah. just thrown out a lie and see what comes back. And she keeps listening to it because she just misses her brother. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't get the same dislike from this, this moment, to be honest with you, as I do in something like afterlife where it's very much a crutch that the show leans on. Um, yeah, what did you think of this part? Uh,
0: yeah, it, it didn't bother me too. I kind of know what you mean. It, it's it's sort of um, a, like narrative shorthand. It's like we need to we need to show that Theo is dead, so or her, her brother Theo is de- is dead, um, and we need to show how much that's he deep. meant to her. Um, and this is a quick way of doing that that's relatively effective. It, it's not um, an ideal way of doing it because I think if if you were really committed. To fleshing out this character, and me- and this isn't a criticism of the OA because maybe they'll do this going forward. They will show some of the backstory of BBA with her brother. Um, that yeah. I, I would rather they did that than just have like a throwaway scene in the car. But to, as, as an introduction to it, I didn't mind too much. And and um, and uh, BBA, the, the 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 lady who plays her does a lot with very little here in her in her facial expressions and her, and her yeah. performance to sadness. To- yeah to convey the sadness also otter is an interesting surname uh, a nickname
1: yeah it is actually well i don't know how i'd feel about that as a woman otter's come across a bit melancholic um but uh yeah yeah, i I say i say sadness because did you know phyllis smith who plays bba is actually sadness at inside out
0: i did not know that
1: that's interesting well there you go very interesting very very voice of sadness he's typecast as an
0: upset person
1: yeah exactly so she goes into the, the 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 classroom someone's drawn like a stripper version of her on the board yeah
0: twerking away on the, <laughs> the whiteboard she's,
1: she's actually a little tickled by it and she draws uh, a cube around it yeah. i think i've gauged that she is a, a maths teacher based on her her powerpoints she was putting together in the first episode so you know she's got a little bit of sense of humor put put him inside a box uh schrodinger's bba yeah. and um basically steve comes in i don't know why she comes in and goes hey steve Check out that. Uh, yeah. All, yeah, I, I was didn't... like,
0: "Are you trying to like recruit him to find <laughs> out who did this or something?" Because she just like, you know, calls him in and was like, "I put my neck out for you." And he looks at the board and then they just leave it there. It was a bit. It was a weird little moment that I didn't really understand why it was there.
1: Um. Yeah, it's it's it is a weird weird little moment. I think it's maybe showing that she's sort of ditching the the the. the... The, the formality of being the teacher role to him maybe she's seeing him more as a friend now yeah but but uh yeah so we get the confirmation that she did stick her neck out for the uh, to the principal and his parents um so it looks like maybe he'll be sticking around for the time being i hope so because um, he's
0: got a television show to be in so
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> uh so as he walks away down to his new class i just wanted to point out i thought it was really cool this has nothing to do with the show like but the actual like the perspective take on like the physics sign on the wall of the corridor, did you oh, notice I didn't, that? I didn't notice that at all. So he's walking through the corridor into his classroom, and like they've got like the the name of like physics is written on in the corridor, but it's like down a corridor. But where you look, where the camera is, it looks like it's just written across in the se- in the same size font. But it's actually had to be drawn in a way that the perspective of where oh, you're well, standing like wider
0: at one end and a yeah, exactly. at one end. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. I it made that.
1: me think if like if we had that in the science part of our school i'd be going to the science teacher and saying hey get that done because it's so cool <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, i like so, the um
0: I, I like the set of the uh the, the, the framing of uh, steve you know looking at the exit sign and then looking at the door he's gonna go and, and then walking towards <laughs> the exit sign and then be like oh got a left turn here and actually going to his <laughs> going to his class it was uh it was a little bit of fun on the part of the he, filmmakers that
1: yeah the other the other turn was probably gonna be him leaving but he was gonna leave in a place where they didn't have an exit sign yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so he's doing alternative school um not for your typical student. Uh, no,
0: that. Oh, this video is the most patronising shit I've ever seen in my life, and I loved it. It
1: was like, <laughs> can you imagine being someone like with a load of troubles, or not like you know, not fitting in school? Teachers keep telling you off, and then you go into this little room. It's like, hello you know yeah. you you're are not special the yeah yeah <laughs>
0: the um the the yeah the, the the two uh people or the girl who sits next to him who pours water all over herself because she believes that the kid opposite her is eyeing her up and then walks and then storms out um really gave me Do you remember the episode of the simpsons where homie gets a new job and they move to like a perfect town but then bart gets put into the yeah. remedial class and he's got like that i start fires kid this is <laughs> this had this had big bart simpson in the remedial class energy for me like steve steve is like oh, i'm the big man on campus you know, am want to punch kids in the throat and then he gets there and all the students in this class are like you have not seen a fucking thing yet we were like, <laughs> we, you think, like you think you're bad
1: yeah um i like that she said uh she's like she's poured water all over herself and he goes you get a good look and he's just and the other guy's like i'm just working on my geometry yeah and she's like, she's that's like, my water yeah there's no euclid on my tits uh <laughs> that it was, was so a great fun. little scene I but like also that scene. I, I cannot imagine like I, this is one of the one of the times where i'm very happy that i teach an all-boys school um because i cannot imagine if like if a if a 17 or 18 year old student said that to me on the way out the door oh, that like, line that was an absolute zinger they should be who do i contact first <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy needs to check himself into a burn ward because that was a that was a great line <laughs> i mean and to be fair as well like that guy does not give a shit about anyone in that class. Like, <laughs> no, no. Sitting there with headphones in, just being like with his feet up, being like, "Just press space bar." It's like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, great. You're, you know, you're really gonna win some hearts and minds with this, this like uh, effort you're putting in here, Mister Remedial
1: Class Teacher." It actually, it's it goes back to the conversation that Prairie had with BBA in the first episode because she's saying like, "These are the lost. This is the lost pupil. You know, this is yeah. the one. This is your first reason or whatever." And then look where these pupils who need yeah. help go. To yeah. this teacher who has no bother. Like, just, probably maybe not even a teacher. like, maybe Yeah, just like
0: circling the drain. It's like no one is helping these kids at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so story continues. Um, here's something I can tell you, Prairie says. It's really hard to kill a man. It's even harder to allow a man to die.
0: Yeah. Foreshadowing shadowing for what's going to come it's and, and, and then and then we get straight into also it's interesting that she just forgives steve straight away i feel like that speaks to prairie's nature where it's like yeah that was awkward steve come and sit down it's fine like i feel like there's a the the, the again we see these yeah. equal parts of prairie's character where she's kind and forgiving but this is also pragmatic like she needs him for something we haven't really seen why she needs these people but yeah. she, she needs him for something so the pragmatism outweighs <clears throat> any discomfort she might feel at his unwanted advances um but then yeah we get straight into the misery stuff with her stealing uh, sleeping pills and um
1: yeah so she's like his housekeeper now and yeah. uh so she starts stealing sleeping pills because he needs them to sleep uh, putting putting them in a little pot or something, a little uh, little mint jar, mint tin or something. Yeah. Um, now the tension's really building at stage, isn't oh,
0: it? Yeah. the stage. Oh yeah, the the bit in particular where she's um, hoovering, um, yeah. to or or vacuuming, excuse me, um, for our international listeners, um, the, the the house, and she uh, runs off to get more. Can't actually remember what it is. She runs off to get. Is it more sleeping pills that she run, runs off to get? That's. Or does she go to get the ring?
1: no she gets she doesn't get the ring oh, till she gets the ring Pen the epipen bit doesn't it yeah that's the right. part. I, th- I think actually that's just the first time she goes and gets the sleeping pills yeah and puts them yeah. into yeah. the little but pot. it's just it's that's just showing so us tense. how she does it yeah yes. it's,
0: it's really really tense um which i loved i thought it, it was a great way to remind us that this situation is precarious i mean it's, it sounds ridiculous to say because she's been kidnapped yeah. but there is a kind of normality to the life that, that Prairie is living, or at least the part of her life that we are shown, that could not kind of lull us into a false sense of security. And I really like the kind of tension here um, mm-hmm. that uh, that underpins it all and makes it very stressful. Um, and there's a, there's a great bit, like slightly later on in this scene, where Happy, where um, where she's actually cooking him, uh, the, cooking him the stew, and I think Hap talks about things from our past and he mentions like this crazy British guy who'd go to far off (laughs) places and be like look at this arctic wilderness something always survives it's like are you talking about david attenborough
1: yeah (laughs) i love the fact that hap was inspired by david attenborough yeah
0: but it's also like this crazy british guy it's like david attenborough is a knight sir thank you very much like he's not some like late night talk show host that you could just dismiss um the man is a national treasure as well you know jason isaacs
1: yeah also i am i am actually pretty sure that david attenborough is worldwide known now (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm pretty sure he's pretty famous so that's for therefore it's really showing how. Well, this, this what this story takes place in what like two thousand
0: was it two thousand eleven was it when is this twenty sixteen this was released.
1: Yeah, so two thousand nine I mean, probably. I didn't actually see a
0: date when she was found, so maybe it's set in the future or something. But
1: yeah, but like the, the fact the fact is that that hap. Is very not much, not not keyed into uh, the yeah. world. Yeah, know? It's
0: like, have you heard of this this new guy, David Attenborough? Like he's, he's a new I, up and comer. Yeah, like I watched this thing called Planet Earth. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to see what, yeah. what, what everything else he does. You're, what are you doing, hap? Like what have you? What have you been watching on TV for? The, or actually, he's quite similar to me in that respect. To be honest, like where I arrive at these TV shows like thirty years after they've aired. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the kind of guarded reference to David Attenborough. There, it was very fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. Um, also, whenever he's eating, there's a really interesting like close-up of his face. Like, yeah, was, like a real close, tight shot on his mouth eating, eat, and the onions spilling yeah. out and stuff.
0: Very, there's a lot of mouth noise in this scene, which uh, is always always uncomfortable to be honest and um and prairie learns a valuable lesson about how to poison people which is that you poison the serving not the whole meal prairie because a it does it dilutes the poison and b it means that if you have to eat some of it you're also going to poison yourself
1: yeah Uh, like if she just dumped that all in his bowl that one spoon would have got him i probably would have killed him yeah like i mean
0: like that much sleeping powder like that's a lot of (laughs) like a sleep uh, of um I can't remember what it's called now but they're you know the, the 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 stuff in the sleeping pills
1: yeah i have no idea what it's called a couple
0: of spoons of that might might well have killed him so yeah i
1: mean if she had no if she i think if she had uh if she had, pla- if she had known he was allergic to tomatoes before he had it, she could have really planned to, yeah, to yeah. really get him. Listen,
0: she's not a master assassin, and she never claimed to be. So you know, I'll give her, I'll give her some leeway. But I was watching it like, why would you pour it into? No, oh, I, it's like you've never seen a movie Prairie. Like you need to, you need to pay attention to these things. But. Um,
1: I'm yeah. pretty sure, though. I'm pretty sure, like Hap says to her when he's like choking on the tomatoes, because basically he he starts having an um, anaphylactic shock. Yeah, he's not he's not not quite in the. I in, didn't realize in the you could
0: actually have that kind of allergic reaction to tomatoes. It's interesting. I guess you it can for anything.
1: Yeah, well, I, I've never actually heard. Um, I've never met someone in real life with a tomato allergy like that. Right. But I have met people with allergies to things like that, which you wouldn't expect. Like someone, like I have a friend who, who's like that with mangoes. Um, oh, okay. So. It probably I don't know if it's everything but it's definitely more than you think yeah. but basically he starts choking or he starts having this shock and he says to her you don't know the code of the door they're all gonna die down there yeah you know and it puts her in this position where she's like right I will probably have to save him then for me like we could talk about the actual the way that that was portrayed and I think it was very believable the way it was but I think if I was in that position I would probably be like yeah but they're not gonna like hey, we've got we've got days. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, they've got water. They'll live. Yeah, a week. like they've like, got they've got water. Yeah, you, like you live up for a couple of weeks with just water. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna kill you, and and then I'm going to spend the next few days searching for a phone in this house. You yeah, know? but I, but I also think
0: actually that like I felt like this again is kind of like that. This is almost like the climax of that back and forth between them where even before he says that, I feel like she is kind of weighing up her options here. Like there is a, there is a a not insignificant part of her mind. that is like saying, I can't just let this person die, even if they are monstrous. I don't, I can't have that on my conscience, Um, which, you know, perhaps speaks to that kind of cosmic spirituality that she spoke to BBA about in the first episode where, you know, she believes in something greater than herself um, and, and a kind of, a universal set of ethics that she subscribes to, or you know, that a sense of you know energy that that she always wants to maintain hers as positive. So I feel like she was always kind of leaning towards saving him. Um, and then yeah, when he says that, I think it tips her over the edge. But there's there's some great kind of tonal whiplash, like deliberate tonal whiplash in this scene where mm. we go from. Him reminiscing about his home life and kind of touching her hand, albeit in a like creepy way because I don't think she particularly likes it. But it's it's yeah. shot quite intimately and quite quite closely. Um, but but there's also, there's also that tension because we know what Prairie's plan is. To him, then suddenly um, going into anaphylactic shock and and the tension ramping up. And then and then suddenly it's like wham, there's a dead body, and you know we find out what, yeah. to, uh, what happened to what August is dead. Yeah, um, and it's it's this great kind of there's this great back and forth in this scene. And it really like it really catches you off guard a couple of times with where it goes, um, which I found really compelling.
1: Yeah. So what did you, what did you think about the fact that she found the dead body?
0: Um, so we know that she was taken upstairs shortly before, um, shortly before Prairie arrived because, uh, because Rachel was still complaining about it um, when Prairie got there um the fact he's preserving her body in, i guess like formaldehyde or something initially to me seemed odd um particularly if as as we find out later he's just planning on burying it like why did he preserve it in order to in order to bury it Mm. i think uh, like my read of this and this is this is one that kind of went into the theory matrix as well is that when he's gassing these people so as he gassed scott there is potential that someone will die as a result of it because he's pushing them he's gassing them to the point of near death in order to trigger an NDE and study them and unfortunately sometimes you push them too far and they die as a result so that's that's my assumption of what has happened to August here and I I think he's kept her body or preserved her body for study before finally burying it a, a week later or or however long it's been since since she was taken.
1: It would be quite a while actually, because it took Prairie a
0: long time to get those pills. Um, Yeah, I guess so. Actually, yeah. So, so maybe it's maybe it's a month or month or two or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, um, Scott's a classy guy. Uh, Prairie goes back down, very rattled. Yeah. I'm not going to say what he said, but he's a classy fella.
0: Uh, All I'll say about Scott is that when they're talking about what they're going to put in the letter and how like I, I love the fact also just as an aside that they're doing kind of like a modern message in a bottle here. Like it's a, yeah. it's a really, it's a really nice little touch. But, um, when they're going around saying like, all right, Rachel, who should we, who should we write to for your, for your family? Prairie, who should we write to for your family? They're all writing someone down. I wasn't that surprised when it got to Scott and he said that there's no one. It's like,
1: well, <laughs> color me
0: surprise <laughs> Scott.
1: Well, I do know that the, the reaction of Scott, whenever, um, she started asking him, you know, like, how did you get here? Whatever, whatever. You know, why did you do this? Whatever. And he was like, he was like, I was high, it really. And the way and the sort of the look of him as well. He's very thin. I think to myself, I think I think he's probably an addict. You know? Yeah,
0: I think there's there's definitely an element of that to 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 his character. I think that he's very guarded about what's happened, and and he seems, um yeah, it, it seems like he could easily be an addict. I also think it's notable that if you take August as Rachel's sister um, and you take um, her, she also has like a brother who's in a wheelchair, which you find out about, um, I believe it's in this scene where she's talking about how he actually got in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah. They all go around the circle sort of,
0: yeah and then homer has this has a young child i i wonder if there is they're building something here where all of these characters have people who are dependent on them who are vulnerable in some way um either because i I don't know how how august would have been vulnerable but but rachel's brother seems that because he's in a wheelchair he's obviously disadvantaged and then and then homer has a young child i wonder if scott has someone that he's not that the fact that he says he has no one makes me think there must be someone that he's just not talking about at this point yeah Um,
1: it's, it's more of it's more of a uh it's like if he was in real in the real world he'd also say he had no one it's sort of he's cut himself off from where he was where he came from yeah 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 um
0: but uh but yeah i, I love them i love them going through uh you know talking about a little bit of their backstory just dropping little little bits and pieces in there i thought that was really a really nice way to reveal something about these characters
1: yeah i i agree um i love how scott's just like there's no one just tell the fbi uh you know which which was quite endearing to me yeah um uh, I will say that it's not wrong of, either. I have to say, no, like, just
0: tell the FBI is a pretty good, pretty good
1: shout. Yeah. Um. It does. It does come out. Sometimes it comes out of the story for one of the the group in the the, the, the present day to ask a question. Um. And like, whenever they lose the the thing that they were working on down the drain, because I think the plan was that they were going to get the letter and the ring, put it in in an envelope to be sent out with the bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were going to um, put it back in. So. Jesse makes a good point. Jesse's like, well, those football rings are ch- really clunky. Like, wouldn't Hap have noticed? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you need the ring in the in the envelope? Yeah, like, just leave the ring out. Leave the ring out. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, you're
0: writing a letter. Like, you can keep the ring.
1: I think it's, um, like, a, a proof that it's true. You know what I mean? But it's still, it's, yeah, like... But I mean,
0: it, it, home has been missing for a year and a month. <laughs> like, it's not... They're not going to get a letter from someone claiming to be Homer and be like, now nah, we'll leave it. We're not going to investigate that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? It's you know um, you what? Know, you, know, you know what would have made me actually want to get get off my ass and check this out. If he sent his ring, yeah, if some if kind it-
0: of physical evidence, we would have issued yeah. it. But it's not enough to go on, it, despite the fact him like listing, you know, descriptions of the area and and you know it clearly being from them because they're including personal details. Um, yeah, I, I thought I didn't actually catch what Buck says in this point, but Steve reasserts himself as the top of the dickhead food chain by referring to Buck as Michelle in this scene, which is one of the shittiest things Ooh. I've ever seen a character do in a television show.
1: Well, especially considering that that character has been referring to Buck as Buck this whole time, yeah, yeah, and like he knows exactly you know, what he's doing. You there. know, it's literally just malicious. It's yeah, just... yeah, he he
0: is just being a cock when he says that. And I was like, that when he did that, I was like, holy shit, Steve! Like that is awful. Um, yeah, he's going to take some dethroning from the top of that shit list, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, exactly. Someone in the comments uh, last week said that is. Um... Steve is the new Bartos, I think Steve oh, has gone Steve beyond
0: is... Bart- Bartos was incompetent and annoying and easy ah. to poke for Steve Bartos was the kind of person that if i were if I were more malicious, I would have bullied in school <laughs> like, because he's a, he's an easy target, whereas Steve is like that man should be in prison because he is awful in every in every like conceivable way like, i i Steve Bartos is redemption. We joked about Bartosz, but like I could see his redemptive arc coming, and I was perfectly happy to have it because he'd just been kind of useless, and he, and you know, he was he was easy to make fun of. But I never truly hated Bartels aside from a couple of poor taste jokes he made. Whereas Steve yeah. has done a few things that are abhorrent in this show. I'm, it's going to take a hell of a redemptive arc to get me back on side with him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So moving on, we get Homer. Like Perry's really upset that that plan didn't go well. So Homer yeah. then starts. Um. Showing her how to do jumping jacks. Yeah, um, we we'll see the other side
0: of Homer here. We we'll
1: see the other side. Uh, now, do you call them jumping jacks, out of curiosity? Yeah, yeah, jumping jacks. I don't even oh, know okay. what else you'd call them. Um, well, I am i don't know. I, I, I don't even know if this is an Irish thing, but I grew up in Australia, uh, and as a kid, we would have called them star jumps. Oh, I've heard,
0: yeah, I have. Heard, like, star jumps, I think, when I was really young, Yeah. we would have called them star jumps. But, but um, the adult term... <laughs> his, is uh, jumping, his, jacks. Uh, j- jumping jacks yeah it star jumps
1: star jumps seems more uh more serious than jumping jacks to me do you think uh, what's a jack that's like a good the point game, the game jacks I yeah may, i, like I, I don't actually.
0: know maybe that yeah i don't know what that comes from maybe it's jacks
1: yeah fair enough okay tell us in the um, comments i love someone like someone from a different part of the world not knowing what the game jacks is and they're like what the hell is jacks i mean
0: and to be honest if you asked me what jacks was Uh, if you held a gun to my head and said tell me what jacks involves i couldn't tell you i've never seen it played i know it has a ball and the little spiky boys that you like throw or something but
1: so it's literally just you have a little ball and there's little spiky boys on the ground and you bounce the ball uh or throw the ball and then you have to pick up a jack and then catch the ball again and then you throw it up again and then you pick up another jack and catch it and you have to get all the jacks in your hand while not letting the ball hit the ground can you only what's so where's the challenge? Like you just your, bounce the ball your challenge thing. is you have to have them all in your hand, so you can't. You have to have like you'll have like seven in your hand, and then st- bounce the ball. Have to pick up an eighth in your hand. And oh, what, still with the same the hand.
0: Ball. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Right. Fine. I was like, I could do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well <you're> still, <laughs> to be honest with you, you still probably could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should go bear, bear in mind this is a game I mastered when I was about seven years old. <laughs>
0: yeah. Be a pro jacks player.
1: I mean my hand probably is the same size as it was then, but you know, it's still, yeah. still. uh Okay, so we get that uh bit of a sort of building up of homer and prairie's relationship That's yeah it's, like, it's lovely that bit um you know yeah. you see you see because homer
0: to be honest t- to me he came across as a little bit of a dick um in his first scene just because he was so desperate to see his plan enacted uh and in this mm-hmm. we see i think it's important that you had that moment because it makes this moment feel a lot more emotive because we know how much it meant to him and he's still willing to be like you know what Let's forget about it. You're feeling shitty. I'm going to make you feel better. And I think this is the beginnings of, like we can see why Prairie will fall in love with, or, ha- or maybe have just have such strong feelings for this character um, ultimately based yeah. on this interaction here.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the, the, the characters tell their stories, but we've already talked, touched on a few of them. I'm not going to go into too much detail about, about them, except for the fact that I think that when Scott said that he just wants a cup of coffee and a cigarette and to sit on the stoop, uh, a stoop in the sun before the city gets loud. That idea to me, is, well, the fact that we sort of have it hinted that he was uh, an, an addict, it sort of implies to me that he was homeless in a big city. That's that's what I sort of get from Scott at this point.
0: Yeah, or or, or lived in lived in like a, a drug house. That yeah. that was my read of it. You know that, you know, you let you squat in a. You squat in a house with a bunch of other people taking, you know, heroin or meth or whatever it was that he was yeah. addicted to, and then, but but there was still he still had those moments of clarity in the morning where he like before he'd had his first hit of something where yeah. he was just smoking a cigarette out on the stoop and like he could find some solace in that moment. It's it's quite a it's quite a touching image, even for a character I didn't particularly like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, last little bit of the of the story. Then we well actually before we do that, Rachel sings. Yes. An extra level talent, a transcendent. Well, I, I thought actually the the, the,
0: the thing um, the thing the thing I found quite interesting about this is she mentions how her voice changed after her yeah. accident, and I it could just be uh, adding color to her backstory to be like you know I could never sing again after I I, I put my brother in a wheelchair. It could, and maybe it's just that, but to me there seems like there may be a similarity between Prairie losing her eyes. Uh, her eyesight and her accident and
1: uh, Rachel saying her voice changed after her accident like maybe well, well Hap has already talked about the idea that people get these transcend- transcendent yeah. qualities yeah yeah so I, I wonder if Prairie's that is... violin playing as well which wasn't too transcendent in my opinion but... <laughs> H- Hap has the ear I don't have the ear
0: yeah Hap just Hap knows listen you know you, you can play one key but if you play it as play it as well as Prairie can or one yeah. well, note, if you play it as well as Prairie can, real aficion aficionados know that, you know, under the surface there's a there's a, a I was gonna say Mozart, but he played the harpsichord. <laughs> I can't remember a really famous violinist, but one of them trying to get out. Um but yeah, so I think I think um Rachel mentioning that her voice changed after the accident is seems like quite a direct reference to the arabic speaking woman and you know that kind of astral yeah. plane thing that we've seen before and, and she that,
1: said she was hovering above the car what do you yeah. think from that yeah well so i or think floating above
0: i mean that that is i feel like that's quite a common um real life uh mm depiction of a near-death experience like people say when they have those near-death experiences they feel like they come out of themselves and actually see out of of
1: out-of-body experience yeah like an
0: out-of-body experience exactly Um, so I think it's partially that and is also this idea of ascending to wherever Prairie went to that we saw Mm.
1: in the in the first episode interesting okay let's just uh, end it up sort of starts ending now the episode with a lovely comment from Hap he's sort of getting lost in this relationship with Prairie now because he (sighs) says is your hair different? the the
0: i mean for a start obviously it's not because she she's in captivity she can't go for a haircut as well you know how but also i honestly don't know which of the hair related actions of men in this episode is more poorly judged you know steve just grabbing at prairie's hair when they're both sitting in a bathtub or hap desperately attempting to make kind of flirty small talk with a woman he has in captivity like you're both as bad as each other as far as i'm concerned um but I, the thing, the thing I really loved about this is, you know, he's like making small talk and he's, you know, he, he's like, oh, sorry about ruining dinner last night. Doesn't even know that she had plans to to to, to knock him out anyway. You know, like, <laughs> and, you know, not mentioning the corpse that she found, like, you know, let's just, he, he just wants to move on from that. And then, yeah. wham, pro's like, right, down the stairs you go. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah and Out the door. Nice knowing That's, you. Yeah, I was like, "Good on you, Prairie." All right, get out of there. Um, and you know, God bless her. She makes a go of it. Um, doesn't get too far
1: though. I I, I know, but I I, lo- I love like the like. It didn't work with the envelope. It's like you know they're all getting they're all sort of hyping each other. We can try it again. It's like yeah. literally just push down the stairs. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Prairie <laughs> takes that to heart. It's like on it.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I won't miss my chance. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. But um, yeah, I, 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 um, there's, will we'll probably talk about what happens in the scene because there's something I want to talk about at the end, at the very
1: end of it. Um, okay, so she smashes the window, goes through, sees a quarry. Uh, yeah, they, they, they have got um, what a wonderful world playing, which was which was nice. Oh, I didn't notice
0: that actually. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it that.
1: Didn't say that I've seen trees a green part or anything like that, but it definitely was part of that song. But then, um she gets smacked over the head with a with a with what looked a like like a like the gun yeah like a arm yeah and,
0: a um, and then and then we see some stuff at the very end of the episode which mm-hmm. is interesting you see okay. like kind of kind of little glimpses of stars and you know like a blue circle that looks like a little just a little nod that every, every time I, I i guess i interpret it as Anytime you suffer any kind of severe trauma or anything that brings you even remotely close to death, which let's be real, like, well, I think this is probably going to be realistic. If someone smacks you in the head with the butt of a gun, there is a not that could be a near death experience. Yeah. yeah, you could very easily die from that. Like, that's a fucking hard thing to be hit with. Um, and I feel like that you know, there's just this kind of little, little flicker of something of, that we've seen before, as if just to remind us that that's there hovering in the background um so i'll be interested to see if we if we see that again because it's a it's a really nice way to just kind of throw throw a little hook out there at the end of the episode if you like right. well, there you go she's seen it yep. again
1: well there we go that's episode three guys uh yeah. you want to get into the breakdown conrad yep let's do it all right so imdb rating for this episode called champion by the way um yeah is 8.3 um yeah i think this this is definitely
0: the best episode so far in my opinion i think i'd probably Probably. i think i'd probably set slightly still slightly lower than that just because i want to give myself more wiggle room for it to improve so i'll probably say i give it a flat eight um okay that's good that's a good score yeah i mean it was a it was a a really good episode I, i enjoyed it um i think best one it had some really really good characterization in it that that I think stood out to me in particular because I didn't like some of the characterizations of the, of these guys from the, the previous two episodes. This, mm-hmm. this one was really good. Great tension. I uh, really like the new characters we've met. Um, I hope Steve falls off a cliff and dies at some point. But <laughs> apart from that, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it with all the other characters.
1: Lovely. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. I really like it. The, the, the name of the episode champion, I assume that that's in a reference to Homer. Yeah, um, yeah. I, as soon as I, we
0: didn't actually mention this, but on the on the title card, it's it's his like uh, ring underwater, oh, um presumably after it's it's gone through the drain. But when oh, I saw well, it, there you go. But when I when I saw it at the beginning, because I didn't know who, you know what it was in relation to, I was like, it's that Super Bowl ring, and I was expecting like Tom Brady to show up or something in this episode and be like, "Don't worry, kids, I'll save you by throwing a three hundred yard pass through the window of Haps."
1: lab or something but and then he then he goes and gives his, uh, his son an open mouth kiss <laughs> yes exactly his, his 11 year old son uh yeah but <laughs> f- sorry to any tom brady fans but that's all do i don't know about. do
0: not apologize for that that's like that is weird whichever way you spin <laughs> it that is weird do not kiss your almost teenage son on the mouth i stand by that
1: <laughs> yeah 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 i think that's fair enough um <laughs> all, all right conrad so coming out of this episode then um you mentioned a few theories is there anything you didn't mention
0: uh, I think we've got most of them. I think, so I've got um, August was Rachel's sister. Um, the Arabic speaking lady takes something from each of the people she encounters. Um, it's a, this is a bit vague. Each of these characters has someone who depends on them. Is is that kind of, you know, Rachel's brother being in a wheelchair and um, uh, uh, Homer's, Homer's children. I think that's pretty much it, to be honest. Okay, cool.
1: Um, well, then let's get into some questions then. Okay, let's do it. A stranger from the outside. First question comes from Archmaester Renny, and Archmaster Arch Rennie says, "Why does Hap gas the prisoners?"
0: Um, I think it's to trigger an NDE. I think he wants to almost kill them. Um, that's that's my, or or it's to subdue them so he can take them out and um, trigger an NDE somewhere else that's it's going to be one of those two things i'm almost sure of it the the thing i'm not clear on is why are there vents between the um between the the cubicles if you like because if 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 the way you stop yourself stop the gas from spreading is just for the people inside to put their hands over the um over the vents then that's not really doing its job why are the vents even there
1: it's the vents might be there because they have to allow oxygen flow in general
0: yeah i guess so maybe um, but but yeah so I think it's gonna be one of those two things um and I, I guess it's odd we do we see Scott again after he's gassed in fact so it's odd that he doesn't mention it hmm I think we do don't we I'm trying to remember when he gets gassed
1: hold on but I'll refer to the notes yeah we might do actually um hmm interesting yeah so
0: interesting. he gets gassed like about uh, halfway through the episode and then he's back in it again. Um, you know because he, um he's talking about like the the i've got no one stuff um comes after that so well, yeah well, clearly it's not killing him then <clears throat> no but i think there's a risk that it'll kill him i don't okay. think i don't think hap wants to kill these people i just think killing them is a is a risk of what he's doing uh, which is what happened to august
1: yeah yeah okay cool uh, all right next question and this is one that i'm very interested in from warmth in winter Ooh. Hey there, Uh question for both of you from a Conrad and a long-time listener. Thank you very much, Warmth in Winter. Uh, this is a Conrad, which means they haven't seen past this episode. Nice. Um, so these questions are based on where they're up to. So actually, two questions. Well, I'll start with the one. Um, we'll see how we get on. Uh, and we'll see how we get on. <laughs> we'll see how we get on. So um, a complaint I've heard slash seen. Straight away, I have to say, don't listen to what people's opinions are of a show before you've seen it. Yeah, Next I up. think that's a good uh, idea heard of scene people make about this show is that the OA, it's a complaint people make, is the OA is a Mary Sue. Um, Do either of you think so? Uh, Okay, Connor, I'll let you go on that first. Um,
0: I mean, has she done anything that's out of the ordinary at this point? I mean, uh, to be honest, I I find anyone calling a character a Mary Sue, I'm going to say about 80% of the time they don't actually know what they're talking about. But like, but uh, and that that is me calling you out, Star Wars fans. Fuck off. Um, Unsubscribe. Um, But the uh, I don't don't think we've seen Prairie slash the OA do anything that's particularly superhuman or that a human couldn't do. Really, have we? Um, well, she did go
1: to an astral plane. Uh...
0: No, but I mean that's not that's not like her. I, I, I guess premonition is uh, is an, yeah. an ability she has, but like I don't think her going to the the astral plane or wherever she goes is um, is an ability. Like a Mary, like a Mary Sue is a character who possesses the ability to do superhuman things without any kind of explanation as to how they do it. Like you know, they pick up a sword and are amazingly and like yeah, I, an amazing I, I, swordsman.
1: I think technically, yeah, but I think people also use it to describe like people who are just really good at everything without any flaws in their character, um, which I think is incorrect about Prairie too. Like we saw, she got kidnapped from uh, by Hap because she had, she she was very flawed in that moment where she took herself off and didn't you know basically trust the adults who were with her. Like she could have went to her parents and asked to go. So I think there's already flaws in the character of Prairie already. Um, I will say about the term Mary Sue, I absolutely despise it um, yeah. because. Apparently, I did some research before. I, I wanted to do some research before I said this and made myself look like an ignorant fool, because because I always did know this. Apparently, originally the term Mary Sue could have been used for either male or female characters. Now yeah. let's all be honest here. It's only ever used for female characters. Uh, but the fact that it can be used for male characters means people have an excuse and say, "Oh no, it's not sexist because we also could use it for a man." But it's never used for a man. Um, and I'm just watching Rampage with Dwayne Johnson, and let me tell you. No one was walking out of that thinking, "What a what a Mary Sue that character was." But, uh, yeah,
0: I, I mean, that's that's exactly my point with with the, the 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 Star Wars criticism. It's like you know, you watch John Wick, like there's no. there's nothing to us like we just are told that he's an amazing hitman he doesn't get any 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 anything showing that he's an amazing hitman he just his dog gets killed and he goes and slaughters a bunch of guys like it's not i don't think it's a valid criticism of anything or well i i think a lot of the time it's a poor faith criticism of a character that takes the place of what could be valid criticism of the writing if only the people who are making it stopped and kind of articulated their point better but as you say it's a lot most of the time i see it it's used as a vaguely sexist shorthand for uh, I don't like this character. I'm not going to interrogate why I'm just going to, I'm just going to yep. dismiss them out of hand. And I think to, 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 to talk about the OA, I think I don't get the sense that Prairie is particularly good at anything. To me, she seems like a very normal person who is trying to do good. Uh, I think she's made some very serious mistakes, which have led to her being kidnapped and held captive and, um, you know, if she was a Mary Sue, she would have grabbed the knife and launched it into Hap's chest from across the room.
1: And, and then and then hacked into the and then hacked into the little uh keypad to get the metal. Yeah, exactly.
0: She would have bypassed the mainframe on the on the on the keypad, and then she yeah. would have used her daredevil blind senses to fucking navigate the lab and 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 escape. Like that's what a Mary Sue would have done. And to be honest, if that if that's what the show ends up being, whatever, I don't care. Like it'll be fine. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. They would have a training montage where Prairie becomes like a blind ninja i'm all for that
1: <laughs> well and actually warmth and winter in the second question it is relevant then says like so let's take the idea of a mary sue let's instead of calling it a mary sue let's say that you don't agree with the character characterization yeah okay okay um is it such a bad thing so if prairie was overpowered if she didn't have any flaws if she never made a mistake would that be a bad thing for a show my personal opinion is no
0: no, I mean it'd like it, it depends on what kind of show you're making. Yeah. Like you don't not every not every character needs to have like their their like backstory fully fully fleshed out in order to justify them doing cool stuff. Like some things are just dumb action movies and you just have to accept them for what they are. But I, I think um you know if Prairie if she develops, you know, some kind of superpower I, I again like if, if we, it depends on what our definition of this is because if we're talking about her not being like a flawed character i, I think don't,
1: that's yeah i, I think, think that's generally what people fall back on rather than just like the superhero powers and stuff i think people fall back on more reasonable things to back up why they're using the term but uh but i just i yeah i think I think you're right. And most of the time it is used on superhuman powers and how they got them and why are they such a good pilot and, you know, things like yeah. this. It's like, well, I mean the, same the, the
0: classic one is Ray picking up a lightsaber in uh force awakens and everyone was like, well, she's a Mary Sue because she can just use a lightsaber without any training. Um, and there were a lot of reasons why that's a dumb take, not least mm-hmm. because you're watching the first movie in a trilogy and you need to watch what happened to that character before that point to understand it. But um yeah, I, th- I think if we're talking about a character with no flaws, I think it. <laughs> If you're perceiving, even at this point in the show, if you're perceiving Prairie, Prairie as having no flaws, I don't think you're paying very much attention to her character.
1: Well, um, I will say that warm, no, warmth in winter is posing this as something they've been told about the character. Oh yeah, before. no, I'm
0: not saying warmth in winter is saying it. Warmth and winter, winter, welcome to the comrade club. This isn't me attacking you. Don't worry about that. You're you're you're, you're all good. Uh, I'm 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 just uh, yeah. I, I think if anyone was positing that as a criticism of Prairie's character, I don't think they're paying that much attention to her character, to be honest
1: yeah and i would and i would implore our listeners um anytime you're thinking of using the term mary sue in the future (laughs) if you could express it in in i know it's i know it's fun to have a term for something but if you could express it in a few sentences rather than just using that term i think that term needs to be gone done away with now because it's like like the
0: phrase plot hole can we just launch that into the
1: sun and never use it again (laughs) yeah like like as i say like uh, watch any rock the rock film (laughs) if if you took those films and you replaced them with Charlize Theron, everyone will be talking about how Charlize Theron was a, was a Mary Sue. Like, that's just the fact. So, let's move on. Okay, uh, that's us for the week. Uh, I do have a few thank yous uh, for some uh, donations coming in. We have, oh, yeah. with the help of some of these donations, we have actually just purchased Conrad a very, very good new camera. So, in the next week or two, you will be seeing Conrad in full high definition. Yeah. Um, and that would be fantastic. But those those donations were from five thousand four worth. Thank you very much, uh, Karen Che. Thank you very much, um, Thomas Strocker, Thank you very much, Rough Corn Seventeen. Thank you very much. And from Butiska. Now I, awesome. thank you guys. They all came through in January, so thank you very much to those people. Um, I'm sure we've had a few that I've that I've accidentally let slip through. If if you've ever donated to us, I just want to thank you very uh, say thank you very much. It really does help. We're yeah. able to get these fantastic microphones, so you can hear us clearer. Uh, we were able to get Conrad a webcam first of all, and now we're going to get him an even better camera now. So we're always continuing to upgrade the. Uh, the quality that's always our plan to get a really professional looking uh, thing going yeah. here for you. Unfortunately um, we've hit
0: uh, we've hit our ceiling in terms of content quality uh, but the okay, present we can't
1: get any better. <laughs> no,
0: like we'll never get funnier or more interesting than this. But um but we can improve the the image quality. <laughs>
1: yeah we we can um oh you know i will also say there's there's plenty more uh, sort of one-off videos coming with like reviews and yeah and thoughts of ours um they they will be popping up on the channel every now and then yeah yeah
0: Um, look forward to my hour-long rant about mary Sue's in star wars
1: (laughs) in (laughs) the future geez there's gonna be at least one person in the comments saying they want to see that now conrad yeah (laughs) um all right but yeah guys that's very much thank you very much if you want to donate to the podcast there is a link in the description um apart from that conrad any final thoughts this week uh no i'm just I, i'm feeling uh kind of revitalized for for the oa now like the
0: first two episodes i was a bit like uh, this is okay but i'm waiting for it to really kick off and this episode i felt like was really the moment where it's like okay here we go we got to we got ourselves a show boys
1: yeah i i i knew it'd get you i knew like it is a slow start and i've been telling you that for months and i'm just finally i, I like that you're sort of starting to get into it now so it's gonna be great Subscribe on The Culture Cave on YouTube. Can you please also subscribe on audio apps if that's how you prefer to listen to your podcasts? You could send us an email at adpodmail at gmail.com if you have any questions or queries, anything like that. There is an After Dark t-shirt, which the link is in the description for, um, if you would like to pick up one of those as a memento for our dark uh, time together. I love how I said that. Um, Like the video. Put a comment underneath for a question for Connor for next week. Nothing else to say except goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.